what is up my dudes welcome to olympia oddities i'm trista and i'm steven and today we're here to tell you about a crime that was described by the newspaper the orgonian as one of the most notorious murders in the pacific northwest today we'll be telling you about the chilling triple murder that happened at leathers oil company and how the man responsible for the killings fled into the night never to be seen again so is it a company that makes leather-based oil or oil-based leather or is is it a leather company or an oil company or i'm i'm lost you know i had to say i had the same thing with the name i was like a bit of a confusing name is it a leather store or is it a it's a gas station or is it a man is leather leather is leather a man a dude a person is this is this a i'm lost also can i just say that my anxiety is at just an all-time high with this one. First, we had the tube sock murders, where those went unsolved, right? So my anxiety was like, the tube sock killer's in your backseat. And now, it's the triple murder at Leather's Oil Co. killer's in my backseat. Every time I go out to my car. The paranoia is just off the charts anymore. off the rails. What if they're both back there waiting for me one day? We might have to do a cryptid after this one. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so let's get into it. You ready? I'm ready. On the morning of January 17th, 1994, customers began showing up at Leather's Oil Company gas station. One entered inside and found an eerily quiet store. They looked around more and noticed something weird. They couldn't find any of the employees. A customer soon discovered the horrific scene of three dead employees inside of the store's storage garage. Lying dead on the floor were the bodies of 25-year-old Mary Beth Carey, her mother-in-law who also worked at the gas station, Rosalie Gertz, and Kay Endicott, all three women were well-known and loved in their community. That's that like already just something out of like a, just like a, a classic, like seventies horror movie. Just you, you go into like a place that you expect to be totally normal and everybody's dead. Yeah. It's just like, it just goes to show that like in the, tr and when you cover true crime, you know, or like when it's talked about, people really tend to focus on like the victim, <laughs> maybe the victim's family. It's like, it goes to show that it's like, it affects so many people. All the oh, people yeah. who knew these women in the community, the poor customers who had to find them. That's years of, you know, therapy that they're walking into unknowingly that day. They're just trying to get gas on the way to work. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just really heavy. Police arrived at the scene and started their investigation. They found that along with the murders that had occurred, the gas station had been robbed of about $9,000. They theorized that whoever had committed the crime must have taken the victims to the storage garage at gunpoint and then ordered them to lie down. Each had been shot in the back of the head, execution style. So just a really brutal crime scene, too, you know? Man, I'm almost curious. Honestly, just, just, when the $9,000 stealing from the gas station, $9,000 from the gas station thing was said, I kind of had a joke pop up in my head of like, Oh, so they only got like three gallons of gas. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's by today's standards. So back then, yeah, they probably got a lot more. But today, yeah, it's only like two gallons of diesel. <laughs> a break in the case finally came on February 10th when law enforcement received a call from an informant who had a lead for them. The next day, they received the name of a possible suspect, Tyram Walter Thiez. Thiez was born on April 14th, 1973 in Oregon. He was a former employee of the gas station and had worked there from April 9th, 1992 to August 31st, 1993. He was described as wholesome, on time, and conscientious. 
He was known as Ty at work, and he had a cowlick right in the middle of his head, smoked Marlboro Reds, and drank Jack Daniels and Budweiser. I'm just imagining, like, and I mean, he was very much hardcore in real life, too, but alfalfa. Yeah, just like like a very, like... But more disheveled and... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) More piss pants. (laughs) Uh, He only had one incident in his entire time working there, but he ended up getting suspended for it. He had stolen $30 from the till, confessed to it, and then was placed on suspension. $30? I know. It's just such a low amount. It's like, it's not even worth it. Like, you shouldn't steal at all, you know what I mean? Unless it's like, you know, dire straits and you got to feed your family. You know what I mean? There's grave to everything. Yeah, I mean, I'd do what I got to do to make that dire straits show. (laughs) You can cut that out. I'm sorry. The eye roll I just did was like legendary, guys. I just (laughs) want you to know that I'm proud of the strength and intensity of that eye roll. But yeah, you know, it's like it's like thirty bucks, dude. No, you could have a garage sale and make that. It's just such like a I I just wonder what prompted him to do that. Cause it's weird because it seems like everyone was like, Oh yeah, he was just a I don't know. It's just weird. It seems like something just kind of snapped one day with him. Or Unless maybe he had like a know. really well covered up like kleptomania problem. But this seems like this was like the only issue that the gas station ever yeah. had with him was like the thirty dollars. Yeah, weird. Uh, During his suspension, he eventually told his boss that he wouldn't be coming back to work and that he needed a change of scenery. (laughs) Me, every other time that I have a problem with where I'm working at, I'm saying, yeah, I just need a change of scenery. (laughs) That's why I do a little bit of everything. (laughs) Two days after the police first received Theas's name, his apartment in southeast Portland was searched by law enforcement. On the 16th, a Multnomah County judge signed an arrest warrant for three counts of murder, but when police went to arrest Theas, they couldn't find him anywhere. A federal warrant was issued the next day, claiming that Theas fled to Idaho to avoid his charges. His disappearance likely took place on February 9th. That shit's scary to me. That is pretty... Like, he just, he caught wind that they, like, knew it was him, and he was like, bye, I'm out of here. And the fact that they can't find him, he's just gone. He's still gone. Spoilers, but he's still gone. That just always makes me feel so uncomfortable I know. when that happens. I mean... I, is he in the closet right now? Because that's what my anxiety says. I'm like, he's listening to us. <laughs> he's not in the closet. He's listening to us record it right now. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. <laughs> Police and the FBI released wanted posters and shared a distinctive tattoo that Thea's had with the public in hopes of upping the chances of his capture. A large panther on his abdomen with blood dripping off of its claws. No, that's a lame tattoo. Okay, no, it could be cool, but it just seems like such like a. I'm just well, yeah. I was about to say I automatically like imagine edgy it. tattoo, especially when you when you it's an okay tattoo, but when you couple it with murdering three innocent women, I hate it. I was gonna say I well, I I imagined it as like. Like as soon as the description was brought out, I didn't even imagine it being well done. I imagined it being horridly aged, and like you couldn't you couldn't even tell the definition of it that well. Like you could just like barely see the eyes, and the only thing that made it distinct that it was like a panther or just a big cat in general was the claw marks in the in the abdomen. <laughs> I want it to like. Here's what I hope it looks like. I hope it has like like a bad taxidermy like leopard face where it's all like and just like kind of like screwy looking like i hope it's a bad tattoo (laughs) bad people don't deserve good tattoos no i agree with you you heard it here first a friend 23 year old Lori stevens and his cousin 20 year old lawrence scherf 
had been brought in for questioning in early February. Both were found to have been involved, and Lori Stevens was arrested on April 13, 1994, for felony murder after it was discovered that she drove the getaway car from the crime scene. Scherf was also found to have been inside the car and was arrested two days after Stevens. That's sketchy. Yeah. Lori Stevens' husband claimed that she had driven the men to the gas station that morning, but had been completely unaware that Thea's had planned on robbing the gas station. They both remained in the car while Thea's exited the car, entered the store, and committed the robbery and the murders. If they really didn't know about it, imagine how terrifying that was. But I feel like they probably had to, you know... I don't know. Maybe they really didn't and they were blindsided, but like... Uh, drop your friend off expecting he's going in to get some gas and like some freaking Cheetos and he comes back and he's like, I just killed three people, go. <laughs> I just killed people, three people, go. Yeah, like, I don't know. That's just what I'm imagining. If they're like, we were completely like It went unaware. south, man. What went south? I just robbed the place. What do, you, what do you mean you robbed the place? I was just, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I said, give me the scratch ticket. I had an acid flashback and next thing I knew... <laughs> Uh, Lori Stevens pled guilty to her charges on October 18, 1994. Both Stevens and Scherf were convicted, and they both served 10 years in prison. As part of a plea bargain deal for reduced prison sentences, both have agreed to testify against Thea's if he is ever found and brought to trial. Police believe that Thea's targeted the gas station on that Sunday morning because he knew that the cash register would be full with the weekend's receipts. They also think that he planned his attack meticulously and stalked and staked out his former workplace for a while before finally committing the attack. I believe that. That shit is so scary. Like, like that, that's the most scary thing ever to me. That serial killers like BTK who, like, will sit in a closet and watch you for hours before they do anything. Something about that, like, being watched aspect of it chills me to the freaking bone. Like, oh, yeah, none that's... other... Ugh. it just like kills your privacy that kills your just and to just like dedicate like that much time and energy into like this evil act is just so like it's like what's wrong with you dude my Seriously. brain just doesn't work that way you know what i mean <laughs> as it shouldn't yeah well yeah <laughs> as of the time of this episode in early 2022 thea's remains missing in a 2011 profile of the case done by america's most wanted Law enforcement said that they believed that Thea's was still alive and possibly living inside the United States somewhere under a fake name. The case was also featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. In a 2016 interview with Coyne, Rosalie's sister, Charlene Risley, said that she still has questions about her sister's murder. She said, How did he get away so easily without even being seen? Somebody had to have helped him. I worry that he might hurt somebody else. At the time of his disappearance, Thea's was 6'4 yeah. and 180 pounds. Oh, I could take him. Yeah, he's like real. <laughs> no, I remember re like reading that detail when this was happening, and I was like, oh, he's tall. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. He's a little like twig, though. <laughs> I was like, we're all good. I was like, I got a big scary boyfriend. I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, he's a white male with brown eyes and brown hair. He has a medium build and a tattoo on his abdomen of that incredibly cheesy large panther with blood dripping from its claws. We hope that one day Thea's is eventually captured and that his victims' families can get some closure and justice. Thank you for listening to another episode of Olympia Oddities. If you want to support the podcast, leave us a five-star review, recommend us to a friend that you think would like us, or you can follow the Instagram or Facebook at Olympia Oddities Podcast on both. 
If you want to suggest an episode topic or send in your own ghost story or cryptid sighting, you can DM us or email us anytime at olympiaoddities at gmail.com. And if you want us to give you a shout out, be sure to include your name and we'll be sure to do that. I'm Trista and you can find my personal Instagram at Saloon Ghost. I'm Steven and you can find me at Tamagotchi Twins or at the Steven Ramirez. And until next time, friends.